Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Side Culture Podcast. We're back and we're finally able to preview the Serie A matches. We're actually Copa Italia uh, this Friday and Saturday. I'm joined by Francesco, Danny, and Joe. What's up, boys? What's up, guys? Ciao, ragazzi. Hey, guys. We're finally back. So, how's everyone doing? Oh, it's good. Just uh, same old. Uh, not much you can do now, but at least a few things are opening. So. Now we have more like varieties of options to like do. Say parks are opening, uh, restaurants are going to be opening. So at least now we can somewhat get back to our normal lives. Yeah, yeah I'm just excited. I'm I'm just excited to see to see Calcio come back. The Copa Italia coming this week. Really excited to see to see real soccer come back. It was fun watching the Bundesliga, but you know now I got to see a real league, and uh, I can't <laughs> wait to watch. Yeah, I agree with uh, Francesco there. Uh, you know, Serie A is uh, slowly returning. We have the Coppa Italia set for this weekend, and uh, everything's coming back to normal. Yeah, I'm excited about the Coppa Italia too. Like, and it's, like, it's different because watching the Bundesliga and watching Serie A, it's two different leagues. You can tell like the difference between them. I feel like Bundesliga is more like get to, from the back, just who fall into like the forwards and stuff. At Serie A, you can tell like they build up the play more. Uh, for me, Bundesliga, I don't know. Like, did, did you guys realize this too, that they rarely use their midfield? Or is it just me, like a few games? Like, you can tell they don't use their midfield as as much as they use, like, say, their wingers. Uh, they give it to, like, their striker, to their fullback or whatever. Yeah. Um, I noticed that their center backs play a lot of long balls to their attackers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know. Like, for me, I just, some games I watched, it seems like the midfield was just invisible. Like, I don't know, like, lack of midfield play, you could say. But they're good. there's some good midfielders in the Bundesliga, but I don't know why, like, they don't use them that much, like, as, like, a typical midfielder, if that makes sense. Like, just, I don't know. For me, it feels like it's a lot of, like, hoof balls towards, like, the forwards instead of, like, building it up from the midfield. The the Bundesliga was like a snack. Like right before dinner, you're hungry. You get a little snack to, to blow you over, and and then said <laughs> yes, like the meal. You eat your dinner, you eat your steak, your chicken, and, and you get ready for the meal. Oh, no. That's what the Bundesliga was. It was a good snack while it lasted, but now it's time for the meal. We're ready for the meal. Yeah, it's good too. That also like La Liga and stuff, BPL, they're all coming back as well. But for us, it's mostly Syria, and I'm excited to watch uh, Juve versus Milan on Friday. It's gonna be a really good game. Did you guys see uh, Emre Chan? <laughs> he yeah. uh, he scored. He was playing center back. He actually did really well at center. Oh back. wow! <laughs> yeah. So see, I didn't even know I didn't even know he was playing uh, center back. Yeah, I played I center back. I he was played center back in a couple of games at Juve too. And he didn't look too bad, to be honest. He yeah, scored he's, two. Solid he's play. more of a natural uh, center defensive mid, and he, he could even slot in the center back uh, position too sometimes. So, yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> was kind of funny to see because at Juve he was kind of like useless, and then in the Bundesliga he's like a world class top midfielder. He looks like a well, center back, anyways. But <laughs> it's just funny how you can see the difference in competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I also saw that Jaden Sancho, I think that's his name, that kid from, yeah. he used to play for City, I saw that kid, he tore apart maybe, uh, I don't know what the team was, Paderborn or something, he tore the whole team apart, and they said, yeah, he would have got his legs chopped off. Like, oh, yeah. 100% someone was, like, just, they have seen that, just going cleats first or whatever, studs first, and break his ankle. Even that Haaland kid, like, he's a good talent, but he's so one-dimensional, like, he can only, like... He's just a finisher. He can't really dribble. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. He's not really a passer. He's, he's, like, like, he's like a bigger version of Icardi. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Very similar in play style. Yeah, he always, he's always, like, it seems like, which is good for a striker, he's always at the right place at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Like, he gets a lot of, like, tap-ins. He reads, the like, the ball while he's always in a good position to, like, score or create a chance. And that's one thing I think. I don't know. I, I think he could do good in Syria, like if he did come to the Syria. But I think the German league would like it best suits him. Yeah, and he's more fast, a more fast paced league. Yeah, and I think the Syria too. Like you need to, you need your striker to be somewhat good at dribbling, uh, good hold up, uh, yeah. and also at the right place at the right time as well. Because Syria, for me, I feel like Syria they rely. You need like the good teams need to have a, a creator. And yeah. that's why, like, if you look at, like, teams like 
say Juve, they got Dybala who can create. Uh, Inter, they have Eriksen who can create. They also have, uh, like, they're good midfielders who can create as well and win the ball. Atalanta, they have Papu, who's a really good creator. Uh, Lazio, they got Luis Alberto, who's a good creator. Napoli, we're, we someone we're someone missing that, but I feel like that's what like Zelinski could do, uh, and also like Insigne can do. They can create chances and create plays. Even Mertens too can create his own plays as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I feel like that's there's a few things different that between like the Syria and the Bundesliga because I feel like the Syria, the Bundesliga they just who, who falls to the fullbacks crosses in and then it's in the net. While Syria, like they rely on the creators, say like they're not like the cabs or the wings to create the plays and let the strikers finish. That's like what I think. Yeah, and um, yeah. Before we get into the Copa, which we'll talk about later on in the podcast, I do want to tell you guys that we will be doing a live watch along, uh, both Friday and Saturday, uh, for the Milan Juve game and Napoli Inter. It'll be live on our YouTube channel. We'll share more details uh, on our Instagram and Twitter. And probably the next day or so, we're just getting some uh, last-minute details touched up. So, uh, yeah, Friday, it'll just be probably Danny, myself, and Francesco. Joe, I'm not sure if you're good for Saturday, but uh, we'll see whoever's available. We'll hop on, talk during the whole game. Um, there won't be, like, a visual because, obviously, you guys will be watching the game. But uh, if you guys want to listen to the game and watch the game while you're listening to us, um, yeah, you can join us. Uh, even We'll even take some guys, um, whoever wants to come in. We can add you guys in the call at halftime, maybe, if you guys want to. And give share your opinions. opinion on the match. Yeah, yeah even yeah. after the match. Anything yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, feel free to tag along. It'll just be a really relaxed thing, watching the game, giving our opinion, play-by-play. Play. And, yeah, I say we move on now. There's something I've really been wanting, wanting to talk about, which is Balotelli being kicked out of training. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody saw that video. Yeah, uh, basically, that's... Yeah. It was just him walking into training, and then they told him he can't be here, and he left. Basically, all the video was, but um, yeah, his contract was terminated by uh, Cellino uh, Brescia's president, so uh, he's no longer part of the team, and I don't know why he tried going to training when he's not part of the team anymore, but uh, that was uh, interesting to see. Uh, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, uh, it's just, you know what, too, it's kind of sad on like Brescia's part as well, because they brought in Balotelli in the summer to help them. Uh, stay in Syria to be uh, the player that everyone they come oh Balotelli's played for Brescia like it maybe could be, it could have been potentially like a good move to like maybe rejuvenate his career maybe get him into the the Zuri squad but again it hasn't worked out um, and even on the like Balotelli's like part two like I get it like you have like. He get he has attitude. You can tell he has like an attitude problem. It's like every club he goes to, he ends up getting terminated because of his attitude, the way he doesn't show up to training, the way he acts towards his teammates, like the laziness he shows during games. Um, it's just sad because he had the talent to be one of the best, maybe strikers in the world, maybe one of the best strikers in the Zuli colors. Uh, and it's just sad, and especially when he returns to his hometown. Uh, to play for the club that he grew up watching, cheering for, and yeah, it's just for me, it's a sad situation to see, and I think this could be Balotelli's last club. Uh, I don't know if any club could take a chance. Will take a chance with him, and I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, why doesn't he just come to the MLS? Maybe like a Super Bowl option could be Toronto FC or Montreal." And if I don't see that because with Toronto FC, the same thing happened to. Gregory Adevile and also uh, Joe Benko, they also had falling outs with like the owners, uh, the coaching, whatever. Mm-hmm. And look at them now. One is not, I don't even know if he's playing soccer, and one's in Saudi Arabia, maybe potentially coming back to Syria. But for me, if Balotelli goes to the MLS, he's got to change his attitude because the MLS, it's not because, just because he's a name doesn't mean he'll pan out and teams will like accept his behavior because uh, MLS is really strict on behavior as well. Look at what happened with uh, Katai and his wife. Just because his wife made really bad comments, uh, LA terminated his contract. So who knows where, where his future could be too. Yeah, um, but, but going on that point, I wouldn't say Jovenko was uh, 
like a failure with attitude problems. Not like a, not like a failure, like like overall, but just like his last, the way he left, it was bad because he blamed it on the staff in Toronto FC, which is not good to just do. You can't like I know like sometimes you won't you will disagree with like the owner, the coach, and whatever, but I as a like a professional, you should be blasting them on like your Instagram page as well. And that's one thing I, I was never, like, I'm not a fan of. Like, when a player leaves the club and they say, oh, they didn't treat me right, this, that, and that. Just just say thank you for having me, and that's it. Like, just well, yeah, on. Like, don't blast them. And that's one thing I didn't like when Jovinko left, that he blasted the ownership as well. Well, yeah, obviously. But, like, at the same time, like, when, when you get treated poorly, you want to be honest with your fans so your fans know what's happening. But uh, similar to Balotelli, though, the Balotelli situation, it's like a kid who got expelled from school. When you get expelled from school, you know you're not supposed to do something. You know you're not supposed to go there. You're like, oh, I actually want to go today. Balotelli's attitude was, I want to go where I want to go, and that's it. So he didn't care if he was uh, terminated from Besher or not. He wanted to go to training that day. He decided to go to training that day. He went to training. And, and uh, they didn't let him in, right, rightfully so. And uh, I don't know what happened. He was just walking around. Maybe in his head, he's like, wow, I fucked up here. But I, I don't know. They were supposed to bring Balotelli to Brescia, hometown club. He was supposed to, like Danny said, reignite his career. Maybe not not be, not be, uh, we're not saying he's going to be like uh, prime Balotelli over here. But but just, uh, to, um, what's the words I'm looking here? To, to, Look at the youngsters, train the youngsters as an experienced player, someone who's been at the top before, the pinnacle of his career, and uh, just show them uh, not to follow in his footsteps, the mistakes he's made, and, and just be a great example in the locker room. And he's been the opposite of that. He doesn't show up to training, he has attitude, he's lazy in training and practices, he's lazy in games. Um, I wouldn't even be able to tell you one City A game this season where I said, well, Balotelli had a really good performance because it didn't happen. I wish the best for him all, all the time, but this is just excuse after excuse now, club after club, and he just can't find his right form. I think his career is finished. Um, maybe, maybe he goes to, to Galatasaray, the Super League, the Chinese League, for, for a nice little payday, or uh, the MLS. But then again, I, I won't see him in the MLS for more than one season after after getting another contract termination. I, I wish the best for him. But um, overall, he just made a bunch of mistakes in his career, and it costed him. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, both Francesco and Danny. Uh, I feel that uh, this was a chance for him to really uh, notch up his career. You know, he's been uh, at France for the last couple of years, come back to Italy, to where he was really made, uh, maybe push start his career again. But this season, he hasn't been doing much. Uh, again, he's also. Uh, coming to training late, he doesn't come sometimes, some games he doesn't perform, it always looks like he's a, a moody player to be around, I just think that Balotelli's career has been finished and it's finished, uh, it's really sad because uh, during 2012-2010 uh, era, you know, he was maybe Italy's best prospect, he was probably their best player, especially the game versus Germany really uh, mm-hmm. showed uh, what he's capable of and, what, and when he's on his game what he could do, but uh since then, you know, he's been uh, not the player that he used to be. Um, and with the player, players, uh, you know, you can have the skill, you can have the talent, you can have everything that you you want. But if you're not really focused on the game, if you're not really focused on the team you're playing, uh, the results uh, will show. And this season, it, d- it does show for Balotelli. Uh, I think that uh, he will not be in Europe after uh, what he's done with Brescia. I think like what Francesco said, maybe China. Uh, maybe like a Saudi Arabia team, a team like that. But I don't, I don't think he's even going to go to the MLS because I don't think the owners there will even want him, uh, the type of player on that team. Uh, you know, a player that, uh, you know, he's a big name. He'll attract the fans, uh, especially coming from Italy to go to the MLS. But uh, there's also lots of problems he could cause you. So I think yeah. that uh, Balotelli, <clears throat> Balotelli, I don't think uh, we'll be seeing him in Europe again. Uh, and if we do, it will be a team that uh, really... Uh, is going to be really willing to take a chance on him. But, like maybe uh, like a Galatasaray or something. Yeah, like a team like that. You know, Galatasaray, uh, maybe like a Saudi Arabia team, maybe like where Mandzukic is playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't see him in China because uh, I don't think the the pay pay raise is not like it used to be. I think they really went down. I think there's a wage now. Uh, 
Well, not a yeah, they I have like a, cap. a limit. Yeah, a salary cap. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that they'll pay it. He'll be getting a lot of money there anyways. So, yeah, it's really sad to see because, you know, I've always liked Balotelli. You know, I've always uh, liked him uh, as a player when he was on his game. Uh, I always wanted him to be back on the national team. Uh, I think uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, one of our podcasts, I, uh, we were discussing uh, three players that we want to see uh, start for the striker position for the Italian national team. And one of the players I said was Balotelli. But, you know, as the season went by, you know, he's not worth worthy of that uh, that position, nor of the Italian national team. And it uh, really sucks to see. But, uh, you know, uh, it's not it's not a thing that he's a bad player. It's just he he did it all by himself. He could have went uh, far places. He could have went – he could have been on any team in the world if he just uh, stayed uh, with his mind on the game. But at the end of the day, he ruined his own career, and uh, we'll see what's next for Mario Bellatelli. Yeah, you guys uh, went into great detail there, made a lot of good points. I think uh, the biggest issue in this situation is that it was his attitude and not his style of play and the way he played and performed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if he did um, perform, um, he didn't perform too well, but his attitude is okay, I can still see a team like maybe like a Benevento or Lecce or someone picking him up. But the fact that it was his attitude that really uh, made him – get terminated, I think that's the biggest issue here because even if he has one bad year, we've seen what he's done in the past, you know there's still like quality there. You say, okay, another team will pick him up. But after the whole scenario and circumstances of the way he left uh, Brescia, I think um, Balotelli's future is going to be in some very um, – it's going to be, be a duffel place. Yeah, yeah. It's a big question. And um, I can't really see him – Staying in the in the Serie A at least maybe it's Serie no. B but I don't think he'd go there. No, no. But I only see. Yeah. I think he's done with Italy. I think. Uh, honestly, I think a team like maybe, uh, Flamengo. Oh, not there was a team in Brazil that wanted them. I remember seeing that. Maybe Galatasaray. Yeah, I think it was Flamengo. Worst, but he also didn't he say too he wants to start his own like African Premier League or something. He wants to yeah, start his own league. We're not yeah. getting into that because we'll be here for a while. But yeah, he, he mentioned. He mentioned something, something like about that. that. Maybe yeah, he'll, maybe he'll go with that. I don't he, know. Who knows? He wants he wants he wants every African player to leave uh, Europe because it's too racist and to start, uh, build uh, stadiums in Africa and play there and show the talent and show the, the love of soccer there with no racism and all love. But again, with that with that statement, he has to go to Africa first. He has to be the leader. He can't just say say things and just not follow along with it. So that that'd be an interesting path for him. Maybe maybe he could be a vocal advocate for for, for uh, racism in football and uh, start something there. Who knows? Yeah, there's a big question mark. Let's just say there's a big question mark with Balotelli's uh, uh, future. That's yeah, uh, it's um, sad, sad to see. It's sad to see because you know, yeah, Italy, all the talent. Yeah, all the talent. We only have like a handful of great talents. Not even. Uh, you know, the only talent I see from Italy is probably uh, Zaniolo from Roma. Like, he's levels above the rest of the talent that we have in Italy. Oh, and yeah. to see that Balotelli at the time, you know, was a, a good prospect, and you know, and it sucks to see because Italy. It's. I'm trying to say like, France, I'm trying to push to France because you know France has all the talent in the world over there. They have Mbappe. They have all those young talents, and and, and they look like they're going on the up. But the way I see it with Italy, I think that. Uh, Talent for it for Italy is like hard to find. You really don't see an Mbappe type of player. You don't see a uh, like a Laporte. You don't see like those top notch players, uh, those young ones. We only have Zaniolo, in my opinion. And to see what Balotelli was before, he was he was uh, like a, an Mbappe. He was like a, a top notch player. You know, a yeah. young guy, uh, striker. He would score against all the big teams. He would get the big goals. And to see the where he the next the last couple of years brought him it really sucks not only for him but for Italian football too yeah I agree I agree with that statement yeah obviously uh, we wish him the best but um, you can't deny that everything he's done is self-made he's done to himself yeah, um, yeah, you I can't agree. blame you can't blame his environment because he's been in England he's been in the national team he's been he's many been different teams in Italy too. Like, it's yeah, not like he's been on like crappy clubs that like that treat him bad. He's been on good clubs that respect their players a lot. Yeah, and everywhere he's gone, there's been issues. So you know, it's not um, by it wasn't affected by a certain team or person. If it's been everywhere he's been going, mm-hmm. that has been a problem. So um, he's done it to himself. Um, we do wish him the best. I hope um, he can find something that he is passionate about and believes in and does well in it. 
like uh, Francesco mentioned, a vocal advocate for making an African league and avoiding racism, which is something that's been going on in the world. And it's a very big issue that needs to be taken care of. So um, I think it would be great for Balotelli to start something like that. It'd be great for his image and it would help a lot of people. So yeah, I think um, doing something like that isn't easy. Obviously, that would take a very long time to uh, start. But I think yeah. the best way is before he retires for him to play for an African club. That's the best thing he can do right now. Before. And just to learn the environment. And yeah, exactly. I feel like um, he needs to become kind of like a leader there. And I'm sure if he uh, plays for an African club and does amazing, I'm sure he'll be loved there and he can start uh, working on his league once his career is over. So yeah. I think that'll be a great step for him. Uh, now moving on, something I kind of want to bring up here is Tonali. Uh, Gianluca Di Marzio reported that um, he, Inter is closing in on Tonali, Sandro Tonali, of course, from Brescia. Um, Tonali is someone that uh, obviously um, we've spoken out on. We're not really the biggest fans of him. Well, I know Danny is more so than us. Uh, us, meaning me and Francesco. Joe, I'm not really sure what you think about Tonali. I'm sure you'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, actually, Joe, we'll let you start it off here. What do you think about okay. Tonali? Uh, well, Tonali, you know, you, you can't really uh, judge him so far. It's only his first season in the Serie A. He's uh, in the 20-year age, uh, years old, so you're really not expecting a lot from him. He's also a midfielder versus uh, a bad team. As we were just saying about Balotelli, you know, he really doesn't have no one to really pass to or get those goals. Um, the thing with me, with Tonali, is that uh, for Juve right now, I've always said that these are the two to three years we have to uh, get big and and really build uh, our foundation around Ronaldo and Chiellini and Bonucci. Because once these players are gone, I don't think that Juve is going to... There's nobody that can rebuild these types of players. Um, the comparisons to Pirlo, you know, I really don't think that he's uh, close to Pirlo. No, uh, he's, he's not... He's more of like a... Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he has good passing skills like Pirlo, but he's not not like the complete player, player like Pirlo was. Pirlo can really change a game with uh, just one pass, and I don't think that Tonali... You know, he's still young in his career, but he hasn't really showed uh, that, that next step to be like a Pirlo. Um, but for Inter, I think that the reported deal of $30 million, you know, it's, it's not bad business. You know, $30 million for a young prospect, especially Italian, and he's a uh, very young age. is not really a bad uh, sort of business from Inter. Uh, the reason I think that Juve didn't, uh, it's not really going for him. I think that Juve right now is looking for more of a swap deal with players and with teams. And I also feel that Juve wants to get a big name for the midfield, a, a player that could really change uh, their system around and really could work with what we're trying to do here. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, $30 million is a really good deal for Inter. Uh, I think that they, they have the best midfield in Serie A, and next year there's just adding to that. Um, but uh, for Juve, you know, I feel that uh, it's time to go get a, a big-name player, Uh and not only one big name, but we have to get a couple big names. I think Ben Kakur has really been a really good midfield for Juve this season. I think that he's only the only midfield who should be staying for next season, if there's any. Um, so we have to build around him. Uh, but for uh, going back to Tonali, you know, he's choosing uh, to go to Inter. And uh, they're really going to build something special there with him, uh, with that midfield, especially with Antonio Conte. But uh, I just hope that it's not another Varati situation where uh, we had him and we could have bought him, and then years went by and we wish we could have bought him. So, and especially from Inter, I don't think that if he would become something special, I don't think Inter will ever sell him to us. So I just hope he doesn't turn into uh, what everybody's saying that he's going to turn into, because then it's just going to look bad on us, especially if the deal is only for thirty million. But for right now, uh, good for Inter, thirty million. And uh, for Juve, I think that they're uh, aiming for a bigger name than uh, Sandro Tonelli for the midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just want to bring up quickly, don't you think it'll be tough for uh, Tonelli to start at Inter? Because they yeah. do have Sensi, yeah. they do have yeah. Markson, yeah, Brozovic. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very tough for him to, to really get a, a starting place at Inter. Um, and that's another thing, uh, you know, if he had a chance to go to Juve, I think that he would walk into the Juve midfield, uh, especially, you know, we have Matuidi and Kadira. I think that will be gone. Uh, Ramsey really is not, uh, you know, he's a great player, but he's injured every other game. Rabiot has really not got into uh, the Serie A soccer. And uh, Pjanic looks like he's going to be out the door in, uh, as soon as the summer transfer window opens. So I think he would have walked in right into the midfield. But at the end of the day, I think it's uh, not that Juve wants, it's whatever the Juve manager looks at a player, you know, if they really want him, they'll go out and get him. And I really think that uh, 
the management and Saudi weren't on the same uh, same list uh, to, to to want him at the team. And if they really wanted him, they would have got him. But for Inter, it's going to take time. He has to develop. Uh, only 20 years old, and uh, with the injuries that they have to Sensi, and you know, Barella has been injured a lot this season. You know, Erickson hasn't really been in the team, so it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, you know, it's just a development thing here, and we're going to see where uh, Donelli uh, goes with Inter. Yeah, yeah it's very me. tough because oh yeah, you can go, you can go down. I was going to say um, quickly just that, uh, Barella is someone you can't bench. Obviously, he's one for the future. He needs to yeah, play. Yeah, he's really good, Barella. Yeah, Erickson. Sensi's been good too before he got injured, so that's a yeah. good midfield, you know. Barella, Sensi, and Tonali, you know, it, that's Italy's midfield right there. So. And they also have they also have uh, Ericsson too. Who Ericsson, Brozovic, say at the cam, yeah, Brozovic. Yeah. And for me, I don't know, I don't know why. Like, it's good business on Inter for thirty million. That's for me, that's a good deal for him because I know uh, Brescia won like fifty before. It was like a crazy amount for him, and. For me, I don't know like why he would go to Inter though. I get like, I they have a good midfield already, and they're just adding on to it. But if Tonelli really wants to start and like develop his game and become, and I'm gonna put it in like in quotations, the next Pirlo, which for me, I, I think that's a crappy comparison. Though I don't agree with that comparison at all. Just because he has the same hair, they both play for Brescia, doesn't mean he'll become the next Pirlo. It's just, it's just a name for me. I really like Tonelli. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, for me, I think he would have been best if he were went to like a team like AC Milan, Juve, uh, because at least he knows he can potentially start. At Inter, uh, and for me, I don't even know because they have Barella, Sensi, Eriksson, Brozovic, who's having a good season. Bojavarello. Yeah, But they also have like, guys like Vecino, who... They like too. Conte likes for some reason. Gagliardini too. Who, too? They got a lot. Of it looks like so, uh, Atalanta is trying to resign him. Uh, Gagliardini. Gagliardini, yeah. Okay, I could, yeah. But they also have. To, does that mean like guys like Vecino could be out the door? Borja Verero could be out the door. Because uh, if Tonelli comes in, then I think Inter might have way too much midfielders. Like I don't just for me, just to. They'll have good depth at the midfield, but. I think they'll have, I think, too much. And it's going to be hard unless they sign Tonali, say, and then they loan him out to, like, a smaller Serie A club, like, say, like, an Atalanta or something, and then potentially bring him back, like, the following season. The issue is I don't think Tonali would be willing to do something like that. And it's a problem because Ericsson, let's be honest, Ericsson's not a player that's going to be on the bench. Like, he won't. They brought him in to start, and he wants to start. Barella has to start. He, they paid a lot of money for him. He needs to start. And Brozovic has been one of their most consistent players over the last couple of years, especially this season. He's been great. So he can't really be benched. Sensi, before he got injured, was the best player, you can argue. Right. I could, you could debate. Sensi could be one of the best midfielders in Italy before he yeah, got before injured. Yeah, before he was injured, 100%. And he'll be back, so... I don't like. I think it's a great move for Inter because it's always a good problem to have when you have so many good players. Did, but did Inter for Tonali, it's not the right move. Did Inter um, buy Sensi or is he? No, he's still on loan. I think he's still on loan. Yeah, but I think I'm sure they have some kind of like option or obligation. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think they have. I, I think it's like a 25 to 30 million option for him. Yeah, it might be an option or like an obligation after a certain amount of games. I'm not really sure, but um, I'm just gonna let's, if let's he say assume back, he stays. Say if he go, it depends. If Inter. Because sometimes you never know what Inter's thinking. Maybe they think, okay, maybe we'll sign Tonali instead of keeping Sensi. Like you never know what Inter could think. Like you, I don't. I think that I think they'll buy him, but I'm just saying, like, you never know. They could potentially say, okay, maybe if we sign Tonali, maybe a guy like Sensi could go or something. But even with Sensi going back, Inter has a three-man midfield, and either way, Brozovic won't be benched like for a good yeah. portion of the season. So. So now he will be a rotation good. player Brozovic either way. really good this season as well. So Yeah. I just think at this age, being a rotation player is not the right step for Tonali. I think for no. Inter, it's a great move for $30 million to sign a young Italian player who's 20. I think it's a good move for Inter because they have a lot of good midfielders. Obviously, like when you're in the Champions League, Serie A, Coppa Italia, all these competitions, you want to have a lot of players on your team of quality to rotate. But for Tonali, it's not the right move in my opinion. Yeah, that's good. I agree. I agree with that. In, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think this is a great move for for both parties here. 
Um, obviously, yeah, Juve, he would have walked into the midfield, but, but what, what benefits would he have gotten? Juve struggled to, to uh, get young Italians to, to prosper and be good. Antonio Conte, I think that's a big factor here. Um, he, he makes Graziano Pelé look like Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime. Imagine what he could do with Tonali. It's, it's not about much more playing time, which he will be getting at Inter. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to get that playing time, but he will be getting a good amount of games in. Marotta wouldn't just buy Tonali for the hell of it. He's going to get a good amount of game times in, especially if he's what people are saying he is. And Conte is going to see that, and he's going to he's going to nitpick at Tonali every training session he has with him to make him an even better player and make make, make him better than Sensi, make him better than Badella. He'll make him a, a real big star at Inter, and that's why he's going to get great game time. He's going to be starting a lot of games, in my opinion, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he develops his game under Conte. Uh, but I think I think that's the main reason why he joined him. Imagine playing under a coach like Antonio Conte, who makes Graziano Pelé look like Cristiano Ronaldo. You you want you want that kind of uh, management and coach that Sadi just can't offer to young players. Yeah, he'll get playing time at Juve. Yeah, he'll win a Scudetto, go uh, Italia, possibly a Champions League if we're lucky. But but at Inter, he's really going to develop his game. And even if he doesn't need a showcase, he said on on the, on the field, he's gonna he's just gonna have a nitpick by Conte on the training sessions. He's gonna get the chemistry with Sensi and Barella, who is the future of the Zuri midfield. He's, he's just going to learn from players like Eriksson and Brozovic to develop more, more more elements of this game. So I think this is a really good move um, from Inter's part and from Tanali's part uh, to see the potential is there, the potential is high. He's working with uh, the best Italian manager uh, currently and he's going to be uh, work, uh, alongside and getting to know him, getting to know their play styles with the best Zuri midfield. Uh, minus Zagnol, who's obviously at Roma. So it's just going to be really good to see. Uh, I think it could be a really good environment for him. It's a winning environment, similar to a Juventus. And uh, you've got a winning coach, you've got a, a winning team, a team that could re- really uh, go for the Scudetto next season. So I, I'm really looking forward to this move. I just want to say uh, Grazia Marotta from No Letting Us Fire. Oh, God. I, this guy, because I think, I think it would have been a bad move for Juve, but for Inter, it's a really good move. But Francesco, I just want to jump in. Who would be your starting yeah. midfield for Inter? I was really well, for, for me, yeah, we're gonna take that. Like, who would you for, bench for, for like for, for me, for me, I think Brozovic is a really, really good player. Like, he's one of my favorite players at Inter. He's very underrated. But as age is coming up, I feel like he's gonna be more of a rotational player. He's gonna be that guy who's gonna come but on. It's not that uh, time yet. Maybe in a, a year or two, but not now. Yeah, Especially after also, the season they, he's had. They still have guys like Sensi, Barella, Eriksson. Like, yeah, but Brozovic has become a player yeah. who's... He's irreplaceable right now, Brozovic, I after think, what he's done I, this I, season. It's not like Inter will play Tonali. I think it's going to be a very healthy rotation. No, no, I just think it's going to be like a very healthy rotation. It's going to be like the current Juve midfield, but good. With the current Juve midfield, we, we haven't had like a solid three players who's just been like, okay, this, these are a solid three starters. Uh, I, I Every week it's someone new. Experimenting with that. With, with Inter, I think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be a healthy rotation. I think Tonali's going to be in one game. Then they're going to do Tonali, Sensi, Barella. Then the next game they'll do Brozovic, Sensi, Tonali. And they're just going to rotate to see what's the best formula for the Yeah, game. but and when Tonali, so it's like much easier to say. That quality. Yeah. It's not, right, it's not FIFA. Like, it's not like the teams are yeah, just it, it, That's easier to say, but... It's hard. Do you think Eriksson's going to want to play half the games he's supposed to? Do you think Brozovic's no, going to play half the games? If that's the case, Barella cost him $45 million. could say, you know what? If I'm a rotation player, they're out. To a club. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, that's why. It doesn't work like that. It's just I it's think, weird. It's a weird move. Like, for me, it's a weird move. I think Honestly, the starting I, midfield will be, uh, to start the season, for instance, I think it will be Brozovic, Sensi, and Barella. Donali and Eriksson yeah. will be on the bench, and then they'll slowly be, uh, be moved into the starting eleven. And between them, if one of them are going to start, it's going to be Ericsson. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah I think and Ericsson could start. So Tonali's kind of left I think, out. I think Ericsson could start over Brozovic, yeah. in my opinion. I, I like the point Francesco made, though, about Conte. But I think that getting playing time every week is much more valuable right now at the age of 20 yeah. than being coached by Conte. I feel like if this were to happen next season, or if they send him back to Brescia, I think it would be a good move for Tonali. But I just think that at this young of an age, he needs to get as much games as he can in the Serie A, especially after only having one season around and his belt. Especially if he wants to make the Euros. That's yeah. 
Yeah, that's yeah. a huge factor as well, Dero. So I just, it's, it's a weird move. I think, honestly, him staying at Brescia another year probably would have been better. Even, even if you, like, say, okay, I think if Brescia get relegated, they would probably sell him. Uh, I even like it seemed like maybe I don't know like a Milan could help him. Like I think a Milan could a Milan, be more benefit. I think Fiorentina would be great for him. Even Fiorentina would be a great team. Like that, yeah. In my opinion, even I think Atalanta too could have been a good move for him. Yeah, especially with their newfound money, especially after what they're in the quarterfinals now. Yeah. Champions League. Yeah. 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 So they might have especially their funds because together. they're an up and coming team. They got a lot of good players, and usually if you add Tonelli to that midfield, I think he could start the game in that midfield. And he's a guy. I think he'll be good under Gasparini because Gasparini is a gr- For me, I think Gasparini is one of the most underrated coaches probably in the Yeah, he's football. really good with he's and really good I think if Tonali could have gone to like Atalanta, I, get, I think Atalanta didn't want to pay that, all that money for him, all that much for him. That's why, or else they could have. But I think a team like Atalanta would have been more beneficial than a team like Inter. Just because Inter have a stacked midfield already. And can we take a second to laugh at Cellino, the president of Brescia, who said that Barca offered $65 million plus two players <laughs> for <laughs> Tonali. Dude, oh, and now all of a sudden he's going to enter for $30 million. He tried to uh, jack the price up. That's, yeah. That's all it was. I said as soon as I, I saw that. that. I don't think it's not, not real. It's not real. Like, he said it, but I don't – Barca did not send an offer in. That's the biggest lie I've ever seen. I think Barca did send an offer, but I don't think it's 65, $65 million. plus two No players. way. Uh, I don't think no, that was the case. I, I think, think uh, they would have accepted it. Right they would have accepted it easily. Right yeah, Selena would have accepted it so so like fast. That's the biggest joke I've ever seen. I think Barca could have been like the same as a uh, Inter situation. I think that could have been like an Inter situation as well. With the midfield being too stacked. Like just because the midfield, you know, I mean, uh, he will probably be a bench player because Busquets will probably start. They have the young. They got. Rakitic, they got. It would have been worse. It would have been worse than the Inter situation. Because I think. I think it would have been kind of the same. I think it would be kind you of the same, but also at, at least at Inter, at Inter, you're learning the Italian game. You're learning in Serie A, and you're learning under Antonio Conte. At Barca, who, who the hell are you learning? No, I'm saying like, just like the guy's going to be sacked after next play. season. I do think though, would have. It would have helped them a little bit learning the Spanish style because they play a really uh, quicker, like tiki taka play style. Tonali's very slow in a ball at times, yeah. I noticed. So that could have helped them a little bit, but I do think Italy would be the better for him. The way he tries to play, and I see it too, like I get he try he tries to do what Pirlo does, but he can't. That's like you know what I mean, like because Pirlo's really good at going getting the ball from the center backs, slowing down the plays, picking out those long balls. I think that's what Ch- Tonelli tries to do, but I don't know if that could be his game. I think he's more of like a ball, like kind of like the way Jorginho He's a ball winner. Like ball winner and play a good ball. Like kind you of know, like the way Jorginho plays. I think he you, can uh, learn that system. I think he can know, play like that. Yeah, you know what I was thinking, actually? Just crossed my mind. I know Pirlo's recently the, he's going to be the under-23 coach, if I'm not mistaken, for Juve. It oh, really? would have been. Yeah, it would have been really interesting if you actually came to Juve and not necessarily played for the under twenty three t- uh, team, but uh, if well, like for practices, we had Pierlo come uh, to the main team and work one on one with Tanali to really see. But um, I think that's all just like a newspaper header, a headline. Yeah, that, that would that, that's yeah. Like, what's the real benefit Pirlo of that? Said, even Pierlo had said that um, he's not he's not nothing like him. He, well, yeah. Pierlo said he's better than him. Because he could do more. He's a more versatile than Pirlo. But uh, I, th- I think that he's just being nice. He doesn't want to be too cocky. Yeah, the only thing that would come out of that is maybe a picture of them together at the training ground. Yeah, yeah, and then like then that like joke, oh, I'm going to tell my kids Sandro Tonelli was Pirlo. Like, you know, like those jokes. Yeah, maybe if he were to work with Pirlo individually. Like, I know basketball. Like, I don't want to get into another sport, but I'm just saying like yeah. Kobe Bryant, before, unfortunately, he passed away. He would train like uh, Jason Tatum, a player for the Boston Celtics, for the entire summer. And you could really yeah. see aspects of Kobe Bryant's game now in this season, Jason Tatum. So maybe Pirlo did that with Tonali for an entire summer. Yeah. Every, every, sport, every yeah. sport does that too. Like even yeah. Yeah. Say, like in football, say guys from different teams will train if you try each other. And say like a guy, say, for example, like um, say Michael Thomas of the Saints, he'll call like a rookie, say, I don't know, like CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys, and he'll be like, Hey, you want to come train? I'm going to teach you some stuff. And that's what they do, too, as well. 
And yeah, that's why yeah, I think like, sure. Tonelli could do as well with Pirlo, say, next season during like the preseason or like training, whatever. Pirlo can hit up Tonelli and then like they can just work together, work on his game. Yeah, because that's Juve training ground. They're not going to make Pirlo only work with Tonelli. It's number yeah. one, it's unfair to yeah. all the other. Like, they're going to see his favoritism. Players are getting mad. So I think if he did in the summer say, okay, instead of going on vacation, I'll work with Pirlo. I'm sure if he gives Pirlo a call, I'm sure he can get his number from someone. Gives him a call. Pirlo's not going to say no. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I think that would be but, good. But, but at the same time, it's it's all up to Tonali. Does Tonali really want to give up his vacation to go train? A lot of players that's true, but don't really have the love for that. They yeah. they want their vacation. They, they just want sometimes the money. players just take vacation the because they're they're I don't know they feel like, like recover. I know a lot yeah. of yeah. players take vacation just to like say you know what let me get two weeks off. Get my mindset that, that's off fine though. Two weeks, yeah, yeah you can do that. Because they're human too. It's not like they always have to train. They're yeah, obviously, them, like, yeah. not robots. Right. They play what six months or something? Like they play yeah. like half a year and. They're done in May. If he takes two weeks out of June to take a break, and then the last two weeks of June and until they start training camp, stays a pure. I'm sure he'd benefit a lot from that. Yeah. And he's still young. You don't sure. you don't need to go to the Mykonos on a two month vacation when you're 20. Yeah, so, your body's still young, it's raw, you can handle a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, we went into a, a lot of detail there of Tonali. But, um, yeah, it's a very interesting situation. We all have a different opinion on it. But um, I say we move on now. Actually, you know, before we get into the Copa preview, I say we talk about the new rule that they added in. For this season, there's no extra time in the Copa Italia. It goes straight to penalties. So, uh, Joe, yeah. I'll let you start off with that one. Uh, yeah, it's a, a little... Uh rule that they uh, made up for this year. You know, I'm personally not a fan of it. I think that the, if the the game goes by uh, to the 90 minutes, I think it should go up to extra time. Uh, penalty shootouts is really not a way to decide, uh, especially a Copa Italia game, maybe even a final. I think it should be an extra time, I think. And then if there's no goals at an extra time, then it should go to sh- uh, pens. Uh, I really don't see a change, uh, why they had to change it, you know. Uh, I know that the... Fans and all can't be at the game, but they shouldn't change the rules of the game now also. Uh, so, you know, I'm really not a fan of it. I think it should still go to uh, extra time and then pens. But uh, we'll just see uh, what happens uh, with it as uh, the Copa Italia goes uh, through this week. Yeah, no, I see for me, it's I get maybe why they change it. So, like, the players, because I know, like, the players might feel fatigued or whatever. So they want to speed up the game just to get them back into par or whatever. But for me, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. For me, I'm not a fan of them changing it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of penalty shootouts anyways. To begin with, in soccer, I think they should eliminate it, but that's a different topic. Uh, for me, exactly like what Joe said, a game should not be, a fi- especially like a semifinals and a finals, should not be determined based off skills. It should be playing-wise. And for me, I think if they wanted to, they should have done the two extra time. And if the game ends that maybe do, like, a golden goal or something, or even just set the 90th minute, do, like, a 30-minute golden goal. I think that would have been more beneficial than penalty shots. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's just a weird rule to see. Like, obviously, they want the players as fit as possible. But but what, what else do they want? Like, we already have five substitutions a game, which seems like overkill to me. Uh, now, now you're just going to go straight into penalty shootouts. Um as a Juve fan, obviously, like it doesn't matter what happens, extra time penalties. I think we're still going to be the favorites either way. But um, it, it's just a shame to see because if you're really do- if the team's really dominating the game and they have potential to, to score a goal and then the game ends, you don't have that extra time to say, okay, we're going to put it to bed here. And it's just a penalty shootout where it's any where we've seen any scenario, it's anyone's game in a penalty shootout. So it's just interesting to see. Um, it's going to be weird to see. It, it reminds me of the ICC and the Supercopa, but uh, let's hope for uh, we won't need penalties, obviously. Uh, for the general fans, they'll love a penalty shootout. It'll be very uh, interesting, especially in a Copa Italia final. But for, for, for us over here, like the Juve fans, the Milan fans, you, Napoli and Inter fans, you don't want a penalty shootout. You just want your team to win in the first 90 minutes, and that's it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, and let's see if the rule gets in place. Yeah, I think it's just honestly just based off of rest. There's so many games coming yeah. up, and yeah, because what if someone tears their ACL an extra time, and or it's just the players get tired in general and they have to play 
three times a week almost in a couple of days after. So, yeah, just because of that. But, Dan, you were about to say something? At the Super Copa, they, they go straight to penalties? Or no, no, extra they, time. They actually, extra, they extra time. time, right? Yeah, yeah extra, extra time. time. Yeah, because I probably... Because when when Frank, when you said they oh they go straight to penalties, I'm like oh, no, I was just I was just, it just reminded me of like the style with the Super Copa. Like usually with the Super Cup, it's usually at the beginning of the season, and like players aren't as fit. Oh, okay, yeah. So so like that that's what it reminded me. Yeah, because no, it kind of threw me off. When yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I remember when Napoli was in the Super Copa, and that was a while ago. They had extra time. Yeah, but and they, I agree with Enzo too. I agree with Enzo because. I think they're they're doing it because they again they don't want players getting hurt because uh, yeah. they're not the fittest. Let's be real. I don't think, and you could tell. I'm pretty sure these games they're coming up. As a fan, I'm gonna be as calm, like try to be calm because I know they're gonna be a little bit sloppy, and I know when like teams get sloppy, they they're they're gonna play bad. But it's gonna be both sides. Could be it could be UV Inter could then. Uh, Juve, sorry, Milan, and then zero zero. You never know. Like it could and, be and really that could. type of game. But but that that would benefit Juve more than it would benefit yeah. Milan. That's so why I, yeah, I don't know me, how Sadi's going into this. See, that's why I think Juve have the advantage because Milan need to score because Juve have the away goal. And who knows if what Milan side is going to come out? If it's going to be like a sloppy game, like both teams are going to look really sloppy. It's just going to look like poor soccer. Or you never know, Milan. And Juve can play maybe one of the best matches of the year. Like you never yeah. know what game, uh, what what sides are going to come out, what and what type of game it's going to be. So yeah, I and think, like, I think the, I think the penalties. I don't agree with the rule, but I think if you think about it, like the player, like health and safety wise, I think it's good. But as a fan, it's I don't like it at all. Yeah, and I just think, um, like Francesco mentioned before, it is going to be kind of unfair because let's say um, uh, Milan or Juve, they're playing really well in the game and then they get it to extra time, let's say one of the teams make a comeback and then they have to go straight into penalties. They can't continue the momentum they built throughout the game. Yeah. So this will cause the Copa to be a, a little bit tainted for whoever wins it because obviously in the circumstances but there's nothing the team can do so they're just playing with the rules they have uh, given to them mm-hmm. but um, you know, unfortunately that's what they have to do and you know what, honestly, if you look at the bigger picture, it's probably better because they'll be playing three times a week for about a month yeah. and a half yeah. or so. So the teams I think it's better. To, the teams are just going to have to finish it in the 90 minutes if they, if they don't end. Yeah, Again, they only have themselves to blame. Um, now I say we move on here to the actual preview. Obviously, the preview won't be the same as uh, previous ones because, let's be honest, we can't say, oh, this guy's in form or this guy's playing yeah, more. Yeah, we don't know. We don't. It's, so, it's just a it's just a throw in the air. Yeah, we we normally do give score predictions. I know you guys can. I won't because I'm not really sure what to base it off of. There's no momentum either. or anything. So, um, all we can really look at is who's in the lead right now. And um, I believe Juve is in the lead going into yeah. Milano. With the yeah, it's one one. With the away goal. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure Ronaldo scored a pen or something at the end. Are they? Yeah. Like, this game's in uh, Juve, right? This yeah. Game coming up. Yeah. The game's yeah, so, um, yeah, it's very hard to uh, make a prediction or see what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, obviously, Juve has the advantage, and um, they're a tough team to beat. So, fit or not, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited, and we get to watch soccer for the first time in a yeah, while. Yeah, especially, like, serious yeah. soccer. I'm excited. And so I'm it's, excited it's kind of that. weird. It's kind of weird watching soccer in June, with, uh, not being, like, say, an international game. It's it's kind of feel weird. It feels feel weird for us for a little bit, but I'm happy it's back. Yeah, Joe, what do you think about the match this Friday? Uh, well, you know, I'm just excited that Serie, well, not Serie, but Italian soccer is uh, back. Uh, I really hope that Juve we see uh, an energized team, but it's going to take at least a couple of games to really get back into the swing of things. Uh, Milan, I think that without Zlatan Ibrahimovic and uh, the right left back Hernandez, they're both yeah. suspended. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, I think that uh, Ibra's injured too. Uh, yeah, Ibra's probably injured. I know that Juve is without Higuain and uh, who else are they without? Kill, I know Kill, Killini's not. Oh yeah, Killini's not going to play. Ramsey's a doubt. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, so and I was even uh, seeing that uh, for the first time this season, you're going to start with Ronaldo, Costa, and Dybala. So I'm excited to see that. Hopefully, that yeah. really kickstarts something special. Um, but I think it's a. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game for Juve. 
uh, but I do think that they'll win. Uh, I want to see Ronaldo back on the goal sh- uh, score sheet as well because this season he's been on another level. Uh, but I'm really hoping that Juve gets uh, the win and books the Coppa Italia final. Uh, and I really would like to see uh, a final w- with either team, with Napoli or Inter, but uh, I just hope that w- we win the game, uh, that there's no injuries and that uh, we go into the final with no problems. So uh, we'll see what happens on Friday. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Joe. I think um, the game the game could go either way. I'm, I'm very interested to see how the Trident uh, will perform. They might be a little sloppy because uh, it's first game back. But at the same time, I think you, Juve have all the pressure on them. They're the bigger team. They have the better players. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had... Well, uh, um, Francesco won't yeah. be with us for the watch along. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, right. but I think... Um, I, I I think Juve have the most pressure. Uh, we saw with Ronaldo's test that he's more fit from what the year started off. So uh, he's he's going to be the most fit player on the, on the field, in my opinion. So he has to really capitalize on that and really really show um, really show his uh, composure and strength and skill, and um, hopefully put this game away. I don't care who scores. I don't care if it's Buffon off of a corner. As long as, long <laughs> as we win this, as long as we win this game, that's all that matters. And go to the Coppa Italia final. Because I, I feel like if uh, we lose the Kobe Italian final, then we lose to Leon in the Champions League, and then we somehow choke the Scudetto race to Lazio, I think Sadi's packing his bags and, and going abroad. So uh, let, let's hope for, uh, let's hope for a, a good Kobe Italian, good, good two games. And um, for, for all the neutral fans watching, um, if, you, if you watch the podcast, you'll know it's a, it'll be a very entertaining watch party if, if, you, if you're going to have me watch a Juve game live with you. Oh, God. Um, so ju- just be, being for a ride, um, I can't wait for, for a couple of guys to be back. Hey. Oh, God. So, so Fran, he was getting choked up that Calcio was back. That's why he started coughing. <laughs> and I want to say, Fran, if Buffon ends up scoring a goal... I'm pretty sure that's because Juve's losing and it's like the 90th minute. And he ties yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, that's and then they'll go with penalty shots. Buffon will save Juve. No, for me, uh, I'm excited to watch uh, the Juve-Milan game, but I'm mostly excited to watch my beloved Napoli play Inter. Um, for me, I think Juve will go through. Uh, I just think they just have the better side to go through. And I also think uh, Napoli will go through as well. And it's going to be a Juve-Napoli finals. And I think uh, Napoli will uh, win the Coppa Italia. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously the report, I think we mentioned it. I know we mentioned it on the Instagram Live with uh, Calcio Fan Blogs. But um, we saw that uh, Inter reportedly, which I don't believe at all, putting the Primavera team in, which is hmm. not going to happen. Yeah, Conte won't do that. Yeah, and because... Especially because Champions League, they're out of. They're in the Europa League. We're not sure if that's coming back. I don't know what's going on. Um, the Scudetto looks like they're out of the race almost. In my opinion, they are. And Coppa Italia is really the only trophy left they have to win. So I can really see them going all out. I can't really see them putting a, a 16-year-old uh, Sebastian or whoever you want to find on the team. Esposito and... Uh... No, that won't happen. It's a, it's a competitive yeah. game. It's not a friendly match. Yeah, I, that's I, why. I think it's a big cup for them. Pissed. Uh, that the, the finals and the Coppa Italia semifinals were really close together. And then they also have a league game, I think, a few days after. So I think they were just pissed. And now, since the, cause the game originally was supposed to be on the 14th, and the Juve game was supposed to be on the 13th, but now they moved it to the Friday and Saturday. So maybe yeah. Inter might start their 11. And I think uh, Della Sports said, too, that they projected the Inter lineup and they projected, like, Ericsson at the camp position, yeah, Martinez, Lukaku, like a full stacked inter team. Yeah, uh, you want to go all out. But you never know. All I know is you got to wait till the day before to see what the uh, inter could do because that's when they usually announce their squad. And I know not they're going to go all in for this because it's the only trophy that they can potentially win this season. And yeah, so hopefully Napoli does it because... I want to see a trophy this season. And for me, if they can win the Coppa Italia, this season is somewhat of a success. Not the league, but the season overall could be a success. Somewhat yeah. of a success. Joe, what do you think about uh, Inter Napoli? Well, it's going to be a tough game for Inter, obviously, because they're losing one nothing. Uh, but uh, 
I think that, uh, you know, it's a tough game like the Juve Milan to, to predict. You don't know what's going to happen because, you know, soccer hasn't been on in such a, lo- a long time. But uh, really hoping Napoli wins. I hope that uh, to see them in a final. I really don't want Inter anywhere near uh, a final, except especially for the Coppa Italia. Um, both teams are are going into the went into the break on the on the wrong side. So hopefully both of them will be motivated to uh, spark up. The only reason I give Napoli the advantage here is because the season the season's been very poor from them. Uh, they're they're probably going to be able to sell Champions League football for next season. And uh, they're probably motivated to win uh, the Coppa Italia uh, this season. Uh, for Inter, I think that now that the the reality of it is uh, the reality is uh, to, because uh, the season is pr- practically over for them too with Serie A. I think that they're going to be going to the game with their heads down. But uh, you know, you never know. You never know how to predict this game. But I'm really hoping that uh, Napoli comes through and the uh, final with Juve and Napoli uh, takes place. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Um, uh, saying that, uh, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, say what I need to say here. Yeah, uh, I think uh, <laughs> I think it's very strange. I think if the season happened uh, before, like before this virus happened, I think I would have gone with Napoli win 100%. But obviously now the players aren't fit. Uh, anything could happen. Inter could just, uh, Napoli could be very weak here. Um they, should, they couldn't be match fit, and Inter could just capitalize on that and uh, win the game. So either way, it's a good storyline for whoever makes a final. It could be a Derby d'Italia, Copita final. It could be Gattuso versus old, uh, old team uh, versus uh, Napoli. It, it could be uh, Conte versus old team. It could be Sadi versus old team. So uh, whoever makes the final, it will be a very good storyline for the Copita final. Wh- whichever way they would like to spin the story would be make very good highlight, highlights for whoever makes the story and I'm um, just really excited I, I would prefer Napoli I think uh, I just want round three of Napoli versus Juve uh, Sadi hasn't got the win against his former team yet obviously Marcus Suilo got the win when we did so I, I'll be very uh, looking forward to it uh, a Juve Napoli but a Juve Inter Derby d'Italia would always be nice yeah, and even like going back to Joe's point, saying uh, Napoli didn't end like the way like the season was going poor, but since Gattuso took over and lately before his stoppage, Napoli were honestly like I, I'm pretty sure they were one of like the best teams in Italy, like just like uh, performance, like not performance, yeah, perform results wise and performance wise, uh, they started to wake up a little bit, they started to realize to find their form, and that's why I think Nap I give the edge to Napoli, but who knows because. We have a lot. We have a few injuries. I know Fabian Ruiz. He was injured, but I think he will be fit. And uh, they said Manlas could be a doubt for the game. So, uh, and, and let's see what Kulvali can do with uh, Maximovic Perry. Uh, I'm really excited for the games, both games, and I think uh, both games are going to be entertaining to watch. And just, I'm just glad that Calcio is back, and we could we have something to yeah. finally talk about. Yeah, and I don't want to go from a high note to a pretty low note right now. Right off, after talking about Serie coming back and Coppa Italia, but a report I just saw here on Twitter is former yeah. Juventus and Livorno player Giuseppe Rizza is in a coma after suffering a brain hemorrhage at the age of Ooh. 33. So we'd like yeah, to share our really thoughts sad. and prayers with um, him and his him family. And his we hope um, everything goes well. And just sad to see um, that came out of nowhere. Honestly, that caught me. Yeah, it just popped up. Yeah, it just popped up on our phone like while recording the podcast, and we really wanna make sure that uh, we let you guys know what's happening and our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family and we really hope he does well wow that yeah. just killed killed the whole mood I was excited I just saw that as well oh, um, true yeah thoughts yeah. and prayers go out to his friends and family uh, hopefully he gets out of it and we'll keep our thoughts and prayers with you uh, as well and we're going to dedicate this podcast towards him hopefully he gets uh, better yeah, and just sad seeing all these players. It's happening really often now. So many players yeah. are happening. I know, uh, I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name, but uh, he used to play for Roma. He was a young player. And the same thing happened to him or something similar. Um, oh. Nuri, I believe, at Ajax, suffered that yeah, on the yeah. field, a coma. There's uh, so much. Yeah, it's uh, just yeah, really sad to see. It's, I didn't know the same thing happened with um, the guy from Atalanta too, Rinaldi. Yeah, also from Atalanta. So this, it's been happening very often, really scary. So I'm yeah. not sure what's going on, but there has to be some kind of trend because it really doesn't happen as often. 
there's something going on because it's been happening so often now. Every couple of weeks, I've been seeing a report similar to this. So I'm not sure what it is. I just hope whatever it is goes away and everyone just it's, – it's scary, guys. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say. We, we, we hope him and his family well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate. I really want to end it on a higher note, but this mm-hmm. just had to be talked about and said. Um, so, yeah, once again, for the last time, uh, thoughts and prayers from all of us here at Six Side um, are with him and his family and his friends. So we hope he gets better. And uh, hopefully all these comas that have been going on just come to an end because it's been really scary for the yeah. culture community. And, um, yeah, guys, uh, we'll be, you'll be hearing from us next time on Friday, which is uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, you guys will be hearing it, uh, the watch-along Saturday as well. Yeah, and we're not come sure. Come to our um, YouTube. Yeah, come to our YouTube channel. There'll be way more info on our uh, Instagram and Twitter. And um, yeah, we'll be doing a. Like I said at the beginning, of the podcast will be taking in calls from whoever wants to talk at the halftime about the match, even after the match. So yeah, thank you guys for listening, and um, hope you guys have a great day. Ciao, Ciao ragazzi. Ciao. Ora che fare? Così qua più vado in alto più gli fa male Gratata, pronta a sparare Devi credere in te stesso, non ti puoi fidare Yo, baby tu non ci pensare yeah, yeah. 